Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Side and that's the equalizer right there where he keeps guys off the cutter a little bit. Now Arenado gets one pass short and that's going to break the ice for the Cardinals. Nolan Arenado makes it 1-0 as Edmonds scores. There's a check to first. Ball skips away. And in comes the second run for St. Louis today. Lane Thomas scores. It's 2-0. So the Cardinals went in yesterday 2-0. No BK today. He'll be back with us on Monday. But substituting for BK, I have RK. That was a tough get. I got to be honest. And I'm Dan, by the way, if you're just tuning in. Dan McLaughlin. Danny Mac show on a Friday here on 101 ESPN. Uh, let's see, RK. Quarterway point of the season after this weekend. Team's playing pretty well. You're in first place. If you're a Cardinal fan, this has been about the best start you could wish for right now. Even minus Hicks, minus Michaelis, which were thought to be parts of this team going into the season. It's about as good as you could draw it up. Yeah, when you're in first place, you have the second best record in the league. And even though Paul DeYoung has hit home runs, he hasn't really produced for you. You've gotten really good offense out of a lot of players that I don't think you could have expected it from. Tyler O'Neill doesn't have to swing hard. Tyler O'Neill, all he has to do is get his bat on the ball. It's going to leave the ballpark. But you spent the better part of the season without Harrison Bader. You spent several weeks without Yadi Molina and you still have the second best record. And by the way, like you said, we haven't seen Michaelis and Hicks is gone. I do think that this is about what the maximum I would expect would be is. I loved what we did earlier today and it was asking fans best moments of the year so far quarterway point of the season so text in the best uh, moments that you've had could be a personal thing you love some ground ball to short I don't know for me it was Nolan Arenado mm-hmm. and his opening day home run I would go out on a limb here I know it's crazy I would imagine that's for a lot of people that was their favorite moment but there's been this team is entertaining too I, I, I'll never forget a conversation I had with Mike Schilt and he was so blunt and honest about this. And we were talking about running in baseball. And remember when he first got the job in St. Louis, he was running all the time. Yep. He was like a riverboard gambler. It was, it was fun to watch. And he said to me, he said, don't get me wrong. We're supposed to win games. My job is to get us into postseason play, best position for players to have success and win a world championship. That's not lost on me, especially in this town. But he said, you know, we are entertainment. We're supposed to make you come to the ballpark and buy a ticket or watch on television, listen on the radio. We're supposed to be entertaining. I find this team entertaining. I'm looking forward to watching the team play because I don't know what's going to happen with Tommy Edmond. I don't know about Dylan Carlson, who's had a great start to his season. I think he's the rookie of the year in the National League. I don't know what Goldschmidt comes up every time. He might hit one 450 feet. Mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado with every pitch in the game defensively could do something spectacular when he's already done that a couple of times. Also the opening day home run. I just find this team entertaining. They're fun to watch. Yeah, it's here's the thing. As likable a guy as Jed Jerko is, Jed Jerko is not fun to watch play baseball. He doesn't run. All he does is when he gets a hit, it, it leaves the ballpark. Hits bombs. Yep. 
I like watching Tommy Edmonds' athleticism. Yes. I like watching Dylan Carlson's athleticism, Tyler O'Neill's athleticism, Nolan Arenado's defense. Paul Goldschmidt is, he, he runs in a funny way, but he runs effectively. This is an entertaining group of athletes to watch in the Cardinals many times over the last several years have not had a particularly athletic team, even though they've won. I hadn't thought about it that way, and I think yeah. you're right. I, I think seeing guys display athleticism makes it more entertaining. And that's what we wanted. Yeah. I mean, that's what baseball wants. They want to put the ball in play because we have great athletes in the game. That's clear across the board. Just you don't see it. They're not on display. But I think we're seeing some of that. And, you know, you think about like Tommy Edmond. I could make the case that he is the MVP of this team. Now, Definitely. Some people would say, now, come on. What about Nolan Arenado? I got you. But when you're able to, with injuries, put a guy that is a plus defender in right field, it's not like a left fielder going to center or center to right. We're talking infield to outfield, and you don't lose a beat. And he might be better than the other ones that are regulars. You're pretty darn good. And he made some plays at short yesterday. Yes. You move him to shortstop and he can do that for you too. What do you think the Cardinals do? And I I am fascinated by this moving forward. And I guess we'll find out more tonight. But I was thinking about this driving in to to do the morning show with you. Is with Paul DeYoung, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Rondon has actually shown a little bit already here in the first week of the minor league season. Had a really good spring. Max Moroff has played extremely well and he's hitting as hot as you can hit and he was pulled from their lineup last night so i do wonder if he's on his way to san diego i would think so yeah and if there is a side issue retroactive for de young he's missed a couple of games already why not just give him 10 days if it's a side so that he can't aggravate it more off like you said it's been great offensively so far and you can play tommy Edmond and then get more off into a game they like to use matt carpenter have him play second i think you can get by for another week with that setup. Did you think Edmund was going to be this good? No. I didn't either. I thought he's solid. I didn't think this good. And here's the thing I love about Tommy Edmund. Of of many. But the thing I like most is that he swings the bat. Yes. He's not a guy. It doesn't strike out. No. He's in the bottom 10 of strikeouts. Right. He's not a guy that's going up there saying, I want to take a walk. No, he's going up there with the idea that he's actually going to produce with the bat and that is an old school thing but the cardinals are on board with it i love it the, w- the way that he's playing I, I i didn't think that he would be able to sustain the the on base like he has with the approach that he has in this day and age because pitching is tough and he hits good pitching and good pitches and puts them in play uh interesting question here 314 danny mack and randy why did the cardinals delay injured list decisions if DeYoung is going to rest anyway, start the 10-day stint now. It makes no sense to me. Well, the reason why is that, and this is where I, my guess is, is that it was a hit pitch. He got hit the other day, and it was on, like, the rib cage area, and that's what they've said. It's a, a sore left side, essentially, is what they've talked about. But sometimes guys, they get 24, 48 hours, take a BP, then they find out they can't go, or they find out on the other side, hey, it's really the treatment has worked and I feel better. So that's why you do have sometimes delays with injured list and, and putting guys on there. And if I'm not mistaken, he actually had one set of research done on his body on Wednesday and then another during the game or right. before the game yesterday. So the Cardinals didn't really know the severity of the injury. So they wanted to do a little dip, bit deeper dive into what the injury is. And yes, the Cardinals have a tendency they have in the past to keep guys 
active when they should go on the DL. I remember Dexter Fowler specifically a few years ago. But this situation doesn't bother me. If it's two days and you go, you go and you win the games anyway, you play short one day because the day before is the, the day that he actually got injured. I'm fine with that. If if you have to play short for one day to find out, I'm okay with that. 3-1-4, last Cardinal to steal 20 bases in a season. Tommy Edmond on his way. I believe that was Colton Wong at 24 mm-hmm. in 2019. A lot of folks checking in with their favorite moments. So I'm going to get to some of those Beautiful. in the next segment. But I do have an interesting question here, and it, it's for both of us. 3-1-4, is Tommy Edmond an all-star? And I, I've been thinking that too. I, I don't – what's going to hurt him potentially – is the fact that he's played right field and second base. Where does he go on the ballot? If you're asking me for what has happened in the first 40 games of the season, Tommy Edmond, to me, is an all-star. Nolan Arenado has been an all-star. Yadier Molina is an all-star, even with a, a stint on the IL. Um, I can make a case for Alex Reyes to be an all-star. Yeah, well, he, he is an all-star. I think the problem that Tommy will have off the bat is that he won't get voted in because people just don't know who That's he right. is. That's my point. But, about being on the list and people go, well, yeah. who's Tommy Edmond? I don't know. Yeah. Ozzie Albies is going to be the, the guy that's voted in, right? But then after that, I mean, Gavin Lux really hasn't done it yet. Cronenworth was Rookie of the Year, but who knows Jake Cronenworth? So I would say that there's a very strong possibility that Edmund could wind up being a, a second baseman on the All-Star team. And if you had kind of a swing guy on your bench, multiple, you know, because you think about an All-Star game, it's an exhibition, you're putting guys in and out, in and out. He gives you flexibility to go play the outfield, right. too. Put him in right field if you wanted to. Yeah. And even though the All-Star game doesn't matter anymore, Thank goodness. people still want to win it. Yes. So he'd be a good guy to have if you're trying to win a game. I just don't know if the guys in the uniform want to win it. Yeah. I don't think that it matters I don't think them. they care. <laughs> Not at all. It's, it's show up, do their duty, and get on out. All right. This is... Uh, RK filling in for BK, and I'm very thankful, Randy, that you're doing this. I'm Dan McLaughlin, and we're taking you to 11. I'm not sure who's coming up on their show, uh, T-Bone. I'm sure you'll be a massive part of it, but who else is a part of the uh, the afternoon? BK and Friday, we're going to have Blues President of Hockey Operations and General Manager Doug Armstrong, John Morosi from MLB Network, and Mark Moser, Colorado Avalanche play-by-play guy, on the TV side as well. Those three will be coming up for BK and Ferrario at 11. Boy, you're booking all the good guests for your show. Very Mm -hmm. nice. By the way, I got the best with uh, RK. Yeah. One thing that we should note, Colorado may only have one representative and Ryan McMahon is leading all second baseman in OPS at 811. He's theirs. And Pittsburgh might only have one and Adam Frazier is their best player. So that might hurt Tommy Edmund too, is that everybody has to be represented. I think you got to get two if you're uh, the Rockies since it's at your home ballpark. Oh, that's true. Good point. And so McMahon is likely that's one what of those I, guys. He would definitely be one of those guys. Yeah. We'll be back with more favorite moments coming up next. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. things throughout the season you do forget of your favorite moments i was telling uh, randy and all our listeners that the opening day home run arenado is my favorite moment of the year i would imagine that's a lot of favorite moments for people mm-hmm. and yours is mine is actually it's pretty recent to see the emotion yesterday after alex reyes struck out the side to preserve a two nothing win i mean you, that, that game's in the balance Rather than being one game up, you're three games up on the Brewers, second-place team in your division. To see the unmitigated joy of Alex Reyes being healthy and being able to pitch like that is 
my highlight so far. It's pretty good. Um, it's just great to see him healthy. Yeah. This is the guy that, you know, if you've been listening or watching the games and listen to this station, you and I talk about it all the time. If he just could have seen him when he first came up, how electric he was. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting a look at how good, why people are so excited about him. They can't hit him. No. So he gets base runners on because he walks somebody. So he's got, what, a point four five ERA. Right. He's perfect in save opportunities and has been just uh, – it, It's they get interesting late, but it's been what you thought he could be, and he's, he's showing us. And he is a young man that you root for. Isn't Absolutely. He's been through a lot himself. His daughter has had to overcome cancer, obviously – he is a guy that a good was a kid too, yeah, Randy. I can tell you, he's really a really nice good guy. young man and was the number one prospect in all of baseball. Yeah. Not just number one pitching prospect. He was the guy in all of baseball and endured. And now here he is finally. Um, this one I, I think is a good one too. It just took place last Sunday, Mother's Day. Wayno on Mother's Day was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree. I, I think every time he goes out there, Randy, it's the anti-2021 baseball player. And what I mean, and I don't mean disrespect to players. I, I'm not saying that. But what I'm trying to say is he is pitching, and he's not throwing. So we have all these guys that come in out of bullpens that are throwing 98 and truly cannot locate the ball. It's just they just don't have the command. This guy is pitching, and he knew he was going to be taken out of the game if he walked somebody um, on a second walk. I guess He gave up a hit, I think, and then he walked somebody maybe vice versa, but he went 3-0 and on the next hitter. And what's he do? He's, he drops in a, a breaking ball. Yep. You know, I, he just, and he spots his fastball. He can cut it a little bit, and he's topping out at 91, 92, and he's doing at the age of 39 and doing what I would love to see the game go back to, which is starters go deep in a game. He says, you got to go six or seven. And then if you get to that point, you got to get eight. Don't, don't, don't think your day is over. Go get it. Go get eight. Go get nine. I'm in. That's what I want to see. And another great thing about having Adam Wainwright on your side is that other pitchers who have gotten here with velocity now understand that they don't have to use their velocity to win games. Think you about, asked an interesting question the other day on the Zoom with Mike Schilt about that. Yeah, and John Smoltz has always talked about how, hey, if a guy dials it back 5% and has command... That's better. And not only that, but he's also going to be able to save his arm. He's going to be a healthier person. He's going to be a his arm is going to be better for not going max effort all the time. And Schilte agrees with that, but he also made the point. These guys got here by throwing 98, 99, 100. And the disparity between AAA money and Major League money is 86%. So put yourself in their shoes. What are you going to do? Right. But if you're Alex Still Reyes, a business, right? Yeah, yeah. But if your ultimate job is to get people out and you can do it by being healthy and having command, you're better off. And the other night, Alex Reyes goes slider, 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 six, six in, a row in a row to to nail down he the was having, He yeah. was having a lot of problems with his, it looked like release point a little bit yeah. with his four seamer. So they yep. drop in a slider and all of a sudden he said, okay, let's do it again. Six in a row. Yeah. Boom, boom, strikeouts. You see a guy like Flaherty who uses all four of his pitches and he, he can dial it up in the ninth and get you, well, he, he's not been to a ninth, but in his late innings, he still has the velocity because he's willing to dial it back a little bit early on. And actually the guy who's done the, the best job of that is Carlos. 
we aren't yeah. seeing him right now. But Carlos, remember, he was 97, 98, but he would he would go 02 and go 3-2 all the time. And now he's burying guys with a, a 1-2 or a 2-2 pitch. And it's there, too. Yeah. If he wants it, he yeah, does. He'll reach back and hit 95, 96. But when you're not coming out of the bullpen, you're, you're a starter. You, you leave a little bit in the tank when you do that. And I just wonder, Dan, how much of that is attributable to guys watching Adam Wainwright just pitch rather than throw? Big time. Favorite moment so far this year, just sitting at the ballpark from the 314 with a hot dog and a beer. Again, no question. Yeah, it is good to have fans back in the ballpark. And I'm wondering if these new CDC rules are going to bring back the tater tot nachos. Oh, you're, you're dying for those. Yeah, I am. Need them. I'm, we're about an what, hour away from the press conference with the mm-hmm. county and the city on new guidelines with uh, the announcement of the CDC yesterday with face masks and different things going forward. We mentioned this earlier, too, about what it's going to look like when they open this thing up and would there be an appetite, you know, for fans, whether you're vaccinated or not, to get back to the ballpark. I can tell you this. We made the announcement uh, on the ball game the other night that the Cardinals are going to double capacity essentially. So that's going to give you roughly 28,000, 29, 30, something like that. They were selling tickets like crazy. I mean, that's once, great. yeah, once they said, hey, we're open for business, people were there. So I do think that there's obviously many, many people that are ready to get back to the ballpark, period. Yeah. I certainly am. Hey, Dan, one other, uh, and there have been so many highlights, but that Sunday afternoon game against Cincinnati where you thought that they might lose it because you had Hicks come on and walk a hitter, and then you had Reyes walk a couple. Mm. You had the tying run up in the ninth inning, and Reyes is able to put them away then. Those are the kind of games that you hang on and win the championship teams do. A lot of times you walk three hitters in the last couple innings and you bring the tying run to the plate. You're going to find a way to see that thing spiral out of control. And, to me, that was a really big win because it proved to Alex Reyes that he doesn't, and we've seen it a lot, where he doesn't have to have his best stuff, but not only can he get out of it, but he can still dominate without his best stuff. I also felt like the last three games, now it's not playoff setting, um, but it had a playoff feel in terms of how it was played, meaning that one mistake could cost you the game. And if you looked like in game two and Bader slipped, that allowed Kane yep. to, to tag. That was a vital part of the game. One pitch may win you the game. Well, it wound up being a Goldschmidt home run in the 11th of game one. Game two, Bader slips. Yesterday, game was in the balance in the ninth inning. And the point I'm, I'm going to make is I just feel like they're going to win those games now. I didn't always feel that way the last year or so. You know what I mean? No. I, I just feel like they're... There's something happening with the team that is allowing them to feel like you're always in games, but also have a chance to win those games that are kind of on the edge and go 50-50 either way. I don't know if you feel that way, too, about no. this team, but they have a, they, it just seems like they have a, a knack for pulling yeah. out the tight game. And I throw out last year because last year was a mess. Yeah. But there's a lot that goes into this. Number one, having the defensive infield, having the defensive team that you have changes things dramatically. I think this might be the Cardinals' best defensive group of eight since like 2004 when you go back to yep. the, the Roland Renteria Womack, was the first Albert group since like the mid 80s yeah or, well 82 had a great infield maybe the best we've ever had right in St. Louis but yeah I mean it's I, I'm with you I so, think you're right so you you're going to win a lot of one-run games that way. The depth in the bullpen is strong even with the departure of Jordan Hicks they've got that going for them and the big thing is 
and we, we talked about it, to have a guy in the middle of the lineup. And there are, you, you can count them on one hand, the number of the guys that are in the middle of lineups in Major League Baseball. And one of the guys in Major League Baseball is Nolan Arenado. Yeah. So if you get into the last couple innings and you have him coming up to the plate in a one-run game or a tie game, you feel pretty darn good. Did you um, ever make it to the ballpark last year? Only on opening day. That was the only one. Against Pittsburgh. Okay, so you were there. Were you in the seats? I'm not in the uh, seats, I was in the press me, box. but the press box? Yeah. So you were actually inside the ballpark. I can't tell you, because I, I don't think fans understand, because you were watching all the games on television, and we're piping in the, the crowd. I can't tell you how much of a difference fans in the stands oh, makes. I, I, just, I know it's an obvious statement. But you cannot believe it compared to what it was a year ago. I, I'll never forget... Carpenter hit a grand slam in Chicago, and we have different parabolic mics, and I'm not sure it went over on the air, but I can hear certain things in my headset. I could hear the thing rattling around in the bleachers of Wrigley Field. It it was just... It It was surreal. It was. I mean, to have people back in the ballpark is just awesome. And it it, it is awesome. Having no fans was depressing. It was. And... That's one of the reasons that I didn't go back after opening day. Well, I I, got to say this. I mean, you walk around different parts of the ballpark last year, and it was dusty, you Mm -hmm. know, because they they didn't have to clean it up. I mean, it was just certain areas that was just, you're not going to touch it. So why mess with it until you have to? It was depressing. Yeah. That part was, it it, it was just terrible. I, I cannot tell you the difference of being there, what it has done for players, broadcasters, the team, everybody. It's just such a different thing. And, Dan, you and I are both the same way. We love walking around the ballpark and engaging with all the people that are there yes. every day, the ushers, the the vendors, the people that work in the Cardinal front office, Aggie at the front desk. I didn't see Aggie all year. Yeah, right. And that, that was a bummer. It was great to see her. Yes. I've, I've been to a couple of games so far this year. But, and by the way, the Cardinals still have usher and vendor jobs available. Go to cardinals.com slash jobs, and you can check that out. But being around the ballpark where everybody is happy yeah. is a, it's a demeanor changer for me. I don't know if other people feel that way, but I'm always happy when I'm at the ballpark. I uh, the, When it really hit me was opening day here, and we were doing the show downtown, and I could smell hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, okay, now this this seems right. Because even last year, you go to the ballpark, I literally would walk through where I have to walk through. I smelled hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. I it just didn't, and, just didn't feel right. By the way, the Cardinals had their batting cages set up in the concourses that last was, year too. Okay, so <laughs> I go up an elevator to get to the booth. We're on the third floor. One day it stopped for whatever reason on floor two, and you know how sometimes you make a mistake, you're on the wrong floor. Mm-hmm. I walk out and I walk out and I look out there. And there's batting cages and guys hitting in the middle of the concourse. I mean, it was just surreal, man. Yeah. We're going to look back on that, and I think sports is going to look back on that and go, how did they get through this? And my hope now, and we're going to have the press conference in an hour or so, correct? 1130? I believe so, yeah. My, my hope is, is that the Cardinals can sell every ticket sooner rather than later, and we can get back to the joy that we get from being at the ballpark. And if you are concerned about going, nobody's forcing you to go. But I'm going to tell you this. If I have the opportunity to sit next to somebody at the ballpark that I don't know, I'm going to take advantage of it. I I want to be there. I've been vaccinated. I want to support the team. And 
here's the thing, and especially with what we've dealt with over the last calendar year. Okay, go back to one calendar year from right now. There's only one, only one item in our country that galvanizes the public. The only thing that galvanizes the public is sports. The only thing that you could be hugging somebody that you have no idea, you've never met them, but it it doesn't matter, or high-fiving somebody, the only thing is sports. And it's the one thing that can hopefully bring us back together as a community and hopefully at some point as a country, too. I, I talked to a friend of mine that's a season ticket holder, and he said, uh, I'm not going to the ballpark on opening day. And I said, well, why not? And he said, well, I, I enjoy what I get. I've just gotten so accustomed to watching the game on television. I'm at my house. Um, I just enjoy it. You know, I, I and I'm I'm just a little, I, I don't want to go down there. I said, I, I really disagree with you. I, I said, I think you should. Go, and he wasn't afraid of people. He was just, he said, I don't, I don't want to go down there. And I said, I really think you should. And uh, I said, you're going to find that you, you missed it more than you thought. So he called me after opening day and said, I'm so thankful, by the way, that I didn't sell my ticket. I went down there and he said, the thing I missed the most were the other season ticket holders around me. I hadn't seen him in over a year. And he said it was bigger than baseball for me. It was seeing people that I just, just being able to congregate again. And he was emotional talking mm-hmm. about it. He said it was the best thing and best decision I made was to go to that ballpark. And he goes, the game was great. Arenado's home run was awesome. Don't get me wrong. All of it was fantastic. He goes, I loved it. I realized how much I missed it. But I missed those people, my friends, that I hadn't seen in a year and a half. And that's a big deal. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big deal. That's just one of the many things that makes sports great is that you develop a community, and especially as a season ticket holder. You, your group around you, you're your own little pod. You're your yep. own little community, and we've missed that for too long. And so, so are the ushers. Back. The ushers are, yep. you know, they're members of the family. It's like when you go down to the ballpark, right. you see those people every single night. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. RK filling in for BK. And we're talking, no. That would take you back to a Friday night. Blues open line. We're having fun. We're talking hockey. It's a Budweiser Blues open line. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Paul Karharski. (laughs) Let me think of a... He'd have Koharski on there. Don Koharski. Don Koharski. Um... Oh, I was thinking of Paul Stewart will be our guest. Yes, he was on last week, but some interesting things have happened this week. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> hey, there's a special right now. We, we've got MLB Network up in the studio, and they're running a special on Fernando Valenzuela and Fernando Mania. And this was 40 years ago, so you may not have been born by the time Fernando Mania happened in 1981. But, Dan, this is how big baseball was. Fernando Valenzuela, 21-year-old rookie for the Dodgers, obviously sold out every game at Dodger Stadium. He he got off to an unbelievable start. He was Rookie of the Year MVP. But everywhere he would go when he would start, the game would be sold out, and everybody would be rooting for him. Yeah, it was was awesome. Yeah. Finished up in St. Louis. His last game, I actually did his last game. It was against the Reds at uh, Riverfront Stadium, and he was... 
the Cardinals had acquired him for Danny Jackson in 97, and he didn't pitch well for the Cardinals. So when he ended his career, I was on the call. I actually called his last pitch in the majors in Cincinnati, and then the day after the Cardinals released him, and he never pitched again. Threw a no-hitter against St. Louis, Mm -hmm. 1990, I believe. Dave Stewart then would throw one, what, hour or two later? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Stewart was early in Toronto, and then Fernando had the late game in L.A. Yeah. Okay. So, But that was... uh, that that was something, Fernando, and, and that Fernando was, mania. And baseball was absolutely America's favorite pastime. There's no doubt, and everybody was just so focused in on him. I don't think there's a baseball player or the public appetite for that to happen with baseball again. Sports got to change in terms of getting younger people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of younger people they they gravitate gravitate towards the NFL. Obviously, uh, college sports is more prevalent in certain areas now than it was in years past. I mean, you had your big teams, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but I think more and more colleges are getting involved to where your fan base is growing with that. Um, I Here's my question. Are the last national must-see baseball player was Mark McGuire yeah. right? in, in 98. Will we ever get the nation focused on what a baseball player is doing ever again. I think there's only one way for it to happen, and that's if somebody gets to a 48-game hitting streak. Yes. 48. Hitting streak would do 46, 47, 48-game hitting streak. How about um, an Iron Man breaking Cal Ripken's record? Because that means he's been around. We'll never see it. Yeah. I, I did the numbers the other day. I think Whit Merrifield right now is the current leader. He would have to play till 2034, 35 yeah. every game. Yeah. Ain't going to happen. No. Uh-uh. Um, I guess if, even a home run hitter wouldn't do it, I don't think, anymore. I don't think so either. I think that's... Because we've been there, done that. Yeah. And there'd be questions, I think, around that individual, right, right. or wrong. There would be. I don't like that, but that would happen. Um, Pitching-wise, no. I don't think there will be a, another situation no. where the nation will be captivated by a guy like they were with him. Let's see... Um, what about a triple crown, someone said. But Miguel Cabrera did it, and it was just kind of a thing. Yeah. Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown, and there were people mad that he won the MVP. That's true. <laughs> How about that? I can't think of anybody pitching-wise. I, I was thinking there's got to be something with pitching, because pitching is going to dominate. You could have somebody coming out dominating, and it was a thing to watch somebody throw 100. Mm-hmm. Everybody throws 100. Right. So, yeah. And they're not, you know, Jacob deGrom is is as good as it gets. And people are like, OK. Right. You know, I mean, I, I watch his starts, but I'm involved yeah. in the game of baseball. I love it. I mean, think about great Clayton that's, Kershaw that's has been and Clayton Kershaw can't grab the nation's attention. No. And until three, four years ago, we could have made an argument that Clayton Kershaw was the best starting pitcher of all time. A legitimate argument. Buster only wrote it, wrote the piece, and you can Google it. Only Kershaw, greatest ever, something like that. Google that. And two, three, or four years ago, you could have made a legit argument, and he convinced me that Clayton Kershaw was the best starting pitcher in the history of baseball. Yeah. But we weren't thinking about it. We just Mm -hmm. don't look at it that way. And that's because we are so diverse in what we consume and what we like. Let's see. 400 batting average? That would that would do it absolutely. Okay. Yeah, if, if somebody's at three ninety five in September, you'd be watching the final two months or right. month and a half, yeah. but probably month. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing where ESPN with their close. new deal. Yeah. yeah, ESPN is 
that's a key. Now you yeah. hit something that's really important is that you would have to break into programming yep. when that individual came up. Yeah. Right. Now I could see that doing yeah. it there, but I think you're right. I, I just, I wish younger people were, were more interested in the sport. Like I have young kids and I'm the play by play guy for a very popular team and they would rather watch golf or hockey Mm-hmm. Uh, they certainly play a ton of golf or they're swimming or doing other things that are not involved with the game of baseball, which is interesting. And it, we yeah. have, you know, two athletic boys, I have four kids. And, and the other thing is sometimes they'll, they'll ask me to go to the ballpark, but you know, it's not like all the time, Yep. you know, and maybe the thing is with, with golf, you can just drop in for 10 minutes, drop out, come back and things haven't changed dramatically. You can still see the most important aspect of things. Whereas you drop out of baseball for 15, 20 minutes, you yeah. might miss the game. <laughs> you could. Um, I was thinking too, when you were saying this, like who are the transcendent members of sports that you would have that would take on the nation's attention? You know, Michael Jordan did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Peyton Manning was that guy. And I think Brady, Brady is actually is, at this stage. Now he is. Yeah. I don't know if we, with the Patriots, it was as much no. but that with, now what he's done in Tampa, yes, yep. I, w- I would stop and watch him. Has Patrick Mahomes reached that level? As great as he's been, I don't think he's reached that level yet. No, and, and you're playing once a week, too. I mean, I'm thinking about people that are playing multi-times, yeah. you know, multiple times a week, too. And I think LeBron, for a time, was there. I don't think he is anymore. Obviously, no. he's not playing all the time anymore. I don't think there's a hockey player that's capable of doing that. I think the one baseball player that is must-see, nobody sees because he's in Anaheim and he doesn't really want to be seen. He's better this year than he's ever been. Yeah, it's crazy. And by the way, Mookie Betts should be right there too, but Mookie Betts just isn't marketed like Tom Brady or LeBron James or Peyton Manning or Patrick Mahomes. He's, baseball has to get Mookie out there, and they got to get people to know who Mookie Betts is. Agreed. Uh, this is interesting from the two six zero. Uh, Danny Mac and Randy, do you guys sit around at the kitchen table eating dinner, talk sports? And if so, does your wife uh, do your wife and kids get annoyed? Your son and and you, I mean, you guys talk sports all the time. That's all you do, right? Yeah. And especially before Katie came home, when Katie was at school in in Peoria, Bradley, and she enjoys sports. Yeah, and, and she does, but not so, to the level though of you and Patrick. And so Joan would tell her friends or anybody that we would meet that uh, she would just sit at the dinner table with her head down and just <laughs> eat, eat quietly while Patrick and I talk sports. <laughs> it's a really loving family you have there, Randy. I tried. You I tried, know. tried to get her involved in the conversation. What happened on Bold and the Beautiful today? So, yeah. You know, things like that. My 700 pound life. Uh, that's a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else would quarters? She, she didn't. No, she doesn't. She's not into that. She hates that kind of stuff. Golf is on every TV in my house. You walk in my house right now, there'd be golf on, and the kids are watching golf. They'll watch it on the weekends a little bit okay. if somebody watches golf. She's not busy doing all the stuff to keep the family going. Yeah, she watches some golf, but it's. I mean, it's like the background noise in our in our house. I'll tell you what. When I and this is now a long time ago, nine years ago, when I was rehabbing from my bypass and I was home for two or three weeks. That's when I really got turned on to Golf Channel. I love Golf Channel. I do too. It's on nonstop. Yeah. So you, you got the European 
tour going. It might be an LPGA event. Then they have the, usually the first couple of days of the PGA event for that weekend. Now they're doing college golf. Mm-hmm. The amateur stuff, a top amateur event is on there. And if you're a golf fan, when a major comes up, like next week for I the PGA, live from the PGA and all of the yes. insight and all of the highlights, it's fantastic. I don't know if there's a better weekend than Masters weekend in sports. It's great. I no, think it might be my favorite. Because you've got the start of the baseball season, you've got the Masters, you've got the NCAA tournament. That that weekend is as good as it gets, no I, doubt about it. It's just, yeah, NCAA tournament on that Monday, Masters. And when Tiger was in the hunt, it was must-see That TV. was the best. That might be the guy that you stop to watch. Right. And if he comes back, if he plays another tournament, everybody would be tuned in. Absolutely. Even if he's shooting 10 over. Yeah. Doesn't matter. He's so, walking around the course. The, the, here's the question, okay? This might be the best way to put it. Who is the person that, as people from all over the globe are walking up and down Times Square, are looking up to see on all those screens? And Tiger would be the one right now. Yeah. I, I'm with you, too. I think it would have been LeBron. I don't think that anymore, especially with him jumping teams. Yeah. I don't think that's helpful and, in and, that regard. And we've seen the best Maybe of him. Brady. Yeah, we, Brady's different because we we aren't sure we've seen the best of him. Yeah, he keeps going. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, NHL playoffs, certainly, a game seven, you're going to stop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But World I, Series, maybe. See, I, I don't – that's the problem that hockey has is that nobody in Birmingham is going to stop. Nobody in Charlotte is going to stop. Yeah, nobody in point. Atlanta is going to stop. It's, so we're talking about – Global. All – 50 states or global, yeah. All right, cross it over. Coming up next. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Randall, first of all, thanks for doing this. I've enjoyed it immensely. It flew by this hour. Actually, these four hours. It was great. A lot of fun. Um, And I I just want to tell management, don't get used to the four-hour show. I'm just telling them now. A couple days a week, I do four hours. I know you do. I'm just, for me, though. I'm okay, old. I'd just say if, if you want to, you know, do some four-hour shows, fit that in. Get you some gift certificates or something. <laughs> sure. What do you think? Yeah. Hey, by the way, when you did your appearance, did anybody come in with a Rams jersey or a Cronky jersey to say hello to they you? They never did, no. Okay, I was curious about that. Yeah, that uh, at Rally House a couple yeah. weeks ago? No, that didn't happen. Okay, just checking. Alex Ferrario is in here, and Alex is beaming from ear to ear, as you can tell, oh, Randall. yeah. Those Blues won last night, and when the Blues win, Alex doesn't sleep. I think this just might be the old uh, Lindenwood reunion show. No, it is. I didn't even think of that. Oh, my gosh. I'm in Lindenwood royalty right now. Did he ever come in and speak to your class? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. The only one that came in and spoke with our class was Greg Amzinger, and I remember that because it was at the Lindy's the one year. Yeah. And I think you were at the Lindy's the year. supporting him. Yes, you were there the year because you spoke that one, but uh, never to the class. Hmm. Okay. All right. But that's, I already, I had met Randy before that. I already knew about him. So T Bone's going to Lindenwood. All right, T Bone. We going to Lindenwood, T Bone? We might be. Who well, knows? Welcome to the, the LU Mafia. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. That's where you go to get so, success. I won an award, an alumni merit award. Very thankful for it from Lindenwood. I've never won a Lindy. I haven't either. <clears throat> uh, what? What's a Lindy? I think it's Alumni Merit Award with a better name. Yeah. Have you ever seen The Office? I think I did win one. 
I think I have a link. Uh, yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you did. All right. Have you ever seen The Office, Dan? Yes. It's kind of like the Dundee. Okay. But it's All the right. Wendy. Mm-hmm. This is good talk radio right here. Anyway, um, <laughs> People know if you want to get into broadcasting, go to Linda with us. That's all I got to say. That's that. all you need to know. What do you have coming up on your outstanding program? We got a lot. A lot of blues conversation coming your way. We're also Ooh, going to talk hockey. with, uh, that's right, we're talking with President of Hockey Operations, Doug Armstrong at 1130. Uh, we got a little Colorado perspective from their television play-by-play man, Mark Mosier. So we'll probably talk a little trash in that one as well. And then we're going to talk with our good buddy, J.P. Morosi, who's at the Field of Dreams, I believe, today. He's literally been around everywhere in Major League Baseball this last week. So we'll talk baseball and uh, we'll talk a little hockey with him as well. Are they doing a Field of Dreams they game? Are. It's August 7th, I believe. Mm-hmm. So why is he there now? I think it might be a little bit of a preview of what's to come there. Okay. Is yeah. it the Yankees and the White Sox? I That's know who that, I thought it was, yeah. yeah. The original plan, I think. Yep. Cardinals were also part of that plan. They got canceled last <sighs> yeah, year with the White Sox. do that. That would have been fun. Yeah. yeah. One of these years. And that pandemic kind of stopped things. Kind of a hassle. Hey, yeah. We're, we're coming out on the other end, baby. So uh, what are you hearing about capacity next week at Enterprise? So from what I understand, the report was they were going to put it to 5,000 people, but then I saw a report last night that the county was having a conversation of possibly going a little bit above that. So the good news is they have some time to, to think about that and figure out how many they're going to allow because uh, they don't play their first home game until Friday night. Yeah, yeah, so Friday night. Uh, but they were taking all of the cardboard cutouts out of the seats last night. So hopefully that's a good sign that we might see more than 5,000 people. Just fill her up. That's what you want, right? I do. Fill her up, baby. Bush yep. Stadium filled up. Let's get Enterprise filled up. All right. Looking forward to your show, RK. Awesome. Thanks for doing it. This was very fun. Have a great weekend. I'll be tuned in tonight late, 940. 940, that's right. Uh, 9 o'clock pregame on Valley Sports Midwest. Looking forward to that. Tanner, you're awesome. Great job. Great guest list today for the three hours after our show. And we'll talk to everybody at 10. <laughs> You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.